there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin. I've got Brian on the phone, and today we're going to be talking about the 2016 horror film Better Watch Out, directed by Chris Peckover and starring Olivia de Jong, Levy Miller, and Ed Oxenbold. And this is a story of a night with the babysitter that goes terribly wrong. Um, Brian, this is kind of a holiday film, would you say? Yeah, Christmas horror. Christmas horror, yeah. Uh, I, I guess the title and then uh, the decoration, I guess, in the background of the movie for the most part. Maybe some yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you're you're a big fan of Christmas horror? Um, You know, I don't think I feel any strongly more strongly towards it one way or the other. I'm all about watching it when the season is around, but uh, I can't say I have too many that really stand out as favorites, although I love Gremlins. And I enjoyed Krampus last year. Yeah, Gremlins, Krampus, uh, Black Christmas. I, I just feel like after Halloween, uh, isn't Christmas like the best holiday for a Halloween film or a horror film versus any other one? Oh, yeah, for sure. There's really nothing else out there except some like really cheap uh, 4th of July ones and Thanksgiving. Thanks killing. Uh, there's like that one Valentine's Day one, I guess. Oh yeah, I guess I Valentine's this. Day. Oh, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I I think Christmas gets a good number of uh, movies behind it. You have um, what's that Tim Burton one, The Nightmare Before Christmas, which is a cool combo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just really cool. It's like two holidays that are like in direct contrast with each other. If you think about the the meaning and everything. Yeah, I think it's fun. I mean, it's fun to get in the spirit and, and watch some of these. I want to watch some more this year because I, I really haven't seen too crazy many. I do like the the original Black Christmas. is fun, too. Yeah, I'm excited to see that and then uh, obviously see the new one as well. It's got my girl. There are only a few that really feel like Christmas to me, though. Sometimes, A lot of times they just kind of happen to take place around Christmas time. Like this one, I mean, there's enough Christmas details to make it Christmassy, but it doesn't feel like a Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I Gremlins you. feels like a Christmas movie. So does Krampus. Yeah, right. I mean, Krampus, you got like a Christmas ghost, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I think your favorite, that one on Netflix. Uh, what was that? <laughs> that Christmas one? Christmas Horror Story. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think you hated that, A lot of that, people right? like that movie, but I really strongly disliked it. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, but even that had like an evil Santa Claus. And yeah, I think this one falls more in the category of it's scary, but coincidentally it's happening around Christmas time. Right, right. Yeah, I will give Christmas Horror Story credit. It was it was Christmassy. Yeah, they got that even part the original right. Black Christmas. Christmas itself is just kind of a plot device to have all these women in right. the sorority house alone with a relatively deserted campus. Yeah, that, that's the feeling I get from the trailer. I, I, I didn't really see any Santa Clauses in there. Yeah, there is uh, a Santa Claus, but oh, yeah, cool. It's it's not very Christmassy. Okay, well, I mean, speaking just in of one scene. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of holiday horror films, I think this movie pays tribute to probably one of the best holiday horror films, which we haven't mentioned yet. Home Alone, so good. (laughs) Yeah. Shouldn't that be considered a a horror film? (laughs) I mean, from the uh, criminal's perspective, really from everybody's perspective, it (laughs) kind of is. It's a home invasion movie. Home invasion, yeah, trying trying to like kill a kid. I mean, how's that a family movie? (laughs) And then like extreme violence on the criminal's. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Torture, some torture porn there. Yeah. Um, do you think a movie like Home Alone, if it came out today, like similar uh, vibe and everything, would be successful? I don't know, man. It's hard to say. I feel like a movie like that wouldn't even come out today. Yeah, yeah, I know. 
a uh, bunch of older dudes creeping on a little kid. Ne- neglectful yeah, I think parenting. it's just a little too. Uh, between that and the violence, it's just not quite right for today's no. today's vibe. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure who the audience would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that, but that's I watch that movie about every Christmas. I know, I know. It's always on TV. Uh, I, I saw a clip of it as well. It's just surprising that that was such. Like, I, I guess it made sense for the times. But yeah, I was trying to think for modern day, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. Did you see? There are some when... movies that just exist as a function of the time they were they were yeah. released. Yeah, exactly. They say for that purpose. Um, wasn't there like a, a series going on where it was like Home Alone, but like the serious angle of it? it I think Macaulay Culkin might have been involved. Uh, I don't really remember. Do you, do, you, do you recall that? Oh, I don't know. Like a TV series or a series of movies? Uh, it might have been like on YouTube or something or just like a, a short series showing, uh, yeah, like a serious take on, on Home Alone. No, I don't. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll to double check. If if I find the link, I'll send it to you. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say, put your money where your mouth is and send me the link. Yeah, all right, all right. I, I remember seeing. It, I'm like, oh, that's really cool that someone actually did like a real look at it. But um, I think this movie tries to bring that aspect in a little bit, and and we'll talk about if that's successful or not. Uh, also, a babysitter movie. Uh, how do you feel about babysitter horror films? Yeah, I mean, it's a cool setup. There's a, uh, I. C- feel like I've seen a handful of them that I really like. House of the Devil, Emily, which we talked about on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think When a Stranger Calls is kind of one of the quintessential ones, but I've never seen that one. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that either. I saw that name. That sounds like a good one. And then uh, The Babysitter uh, right. that we saw on Netflix a while ago. Right. Which I, I don't think you were too thrilled about, right? I don't think either of us were crazy about that I one. I think we were so-so on that. But again, that has a lot of fans, too. And I think they're making another one. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're doing a sequel next year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love a good babysitter story. Um, you ever have any crushes on babysitters? Oh, yeah, man. Wow, damn, I never had a babysitter. You're like legally required to. I know, I know. Damn, I feel like I missed out. Hey, is there an age where it's like too old to like get a babysitter? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. I think for every parents and family, it's different. Yeah. I feel like I had one up until I was like 12. Yeah. I got, yeah. Uh, I, and this kid is 12 in the movie. Yeah. So you're you saying it's okay if I like hire a babysitter for myself, basically, right? <laughs> this is not the first time we've discussed you having a babysitter as an <laughs> no. adult. <laughs> Trying to remember the context was the last time. Yeah, it feels probably an Emily episode. Probably. <laughs> I just need to pull the trigger and see how weird it is. Um, I, I think uh, so. How weird it is for for her. You're gonna get arrested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll be a little weird. Uh, so th- this was a pretty low key movie. I feel like there wasn't a lot of promo done behind it, but it has decent reviews. Um, I, I, had you been hearing about this one for a while? I've heard some buzz on horror Twitter about it, especially last Christmas. Yeah, it made some lists uh, last Christmas, but it does not a huge box office success. I think it's only made like one hundred six thousand, um, and I think it's this guy's second film, uh, Chris Peckover. Um, yeah, he did a horror movie called Undocumented in twenty ten that I had never heard of. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, yeah, that, I, that that's also an interesting one where it, like twenty ten versus now talking about Undocumented. That'd be very interesting. Yeah, for right. sure. Um, 
And then uh, the other interesting thing is both the, the three kids that start, well, I guess there, there are a few people in this movie, but the two kids from the movie The Visit are in this one, which, what are the odds of that? Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. Which I, I loved The Visit. Did you like that movie? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Good 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 show by M. M. Night Shyamalan. He needed that. Yeah, he's, he did need that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there uh, are a couple of other recognizable faces in this movie. I want to see if you caught them. Oh, no kidding. No, those are the only two I barely caught. Uh, who else would? Who else is recognizable? Uh, Virginia Madsen plays Levi or Luke's mom, uh-huh. and she was the lead in Candyman. Oh, oh, you mean uh, from X Men, or no X Files, right? Uh, you're talking about Scully. Oh yeah, you you kept thinking she was Julian Anderson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she oh, looks that's all... quite different in this movie. I mean, she's yeah, uh, I, I can see what, that now. Almost and... twenty years older. Yeah, you know, you might be right. I don't think that is Julian Anderson then. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> and and then the the dad was a uh, putty from Seinfeld. Is that right? Oh yeah, I forgot to. That guy's in so much. I'm just I forget to even recognize what the things he's in. I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. No, no, that they mentioned everything. Yeah. yeah, I remember being like, I remember that guy. Uh, anyone and else? Then uh, there are two ex-boyfriends, and the one who's sitting on the swing outside. You remember that guy? Yeah, that's Billy from Stranger Things, Max's older brother. What really? Yeah. Oh my god, I, I didn't recognize him at all. He looked huh. a little different. Yeah, yeah. Did he have like the mullet that he does in Stranger Things? No, mullet free. Uh, okay, I didn't recognize him without that. The ah, kid makes cool. a mullet look good in Stranger Things. I know, I know. It made me want to kind of grow. Yeah, I kind of wanted to grow one out after seeing that. I think, <laughs> think I did. Me, me too. <laughs> yeah. B- bald up top, mullet in the back. <laughs> Man, that'd be a killer look. <laughs> I'd <be into> that. <laughs> Uh, cool. So yeah, I guess some, uh, th- that's actually a pretty uh, reasonable cast then, uh, pretty recognizable people and, uh, re- kind of random that this movie wasn't like more widely promoted. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I had never really, I didn't hear of it when it came out. Yeah. And you know, I made the mistake of, uh, watching the trailer before I saw the movie, which I, I know oh, you no, never did hear. they give away the twist? It kind of like hits on the twist. Like it kind of put your, the twist in, in your mind a little bit. And uh, mm. I kind of wish I hadn't. But y- you didn't see it before, right? I hadn't seen it before. I didn't see the twist coming, but I also wasn't that surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. That's good. I feel better now knowing the twist. <laughs> yeah, there was no audible gasp for yeah. me. Yeah, I I kind of feel you. Because uh, they, they kind of build up to it. It's, it's not like a huge shock. Um, anything else about this film or any connections to Ohio? Uh, the the only connection to Ohio I could find was that the title of this movie, Better Watch Out, is a line from the song Santa Claus is Coming to Town, of course. Yeah. And that song was written by two dudes named John Frederick Coots and Haven Gillespie, and Haven's dad worked for the Cincinnati Times Star newspaper, and the family lived just across from Cincinnati on the, across the Ohio River in Covington, Kentucky. Oh, cool. Right right on that uh, Newport area kind of thing. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, yeah, had wow. to dig for that one, and it's still pretty tenuous. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's like right across. Tenuous is the word of the podcast. I like it. I like it. I'll try to incorporate that. Um, 
That uh, you can yeah, just put that on my tombstone. He right. was tenuous. He made some very tenuous remarks. <laughs> uh, that that's a really good connection, man. I, I had no idea that song tied back to uh, anything in Ohio. That's that's good. Nice work. Thanks, man. Um, cool. Well, anything else? Nope. Let's let's move on to the plot. There's not much else on this movie. Yeah, I know. Very very little background. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, let's talk about the plot. Uh, we'll talk about the spoilers and our review of the film. Uh, but before we do that, I think there's someone at the door, so you mind if we take a quick break? Sure, man. Go get the door. Cool. I'll be right back. Hey man, I'm back. Yeah, who's at the door? Uh, oddly enough, it was a pizza guy, and he brought this pizza with eggplants on it, which I hate eggplants. Um, but I'm never going to bring this up again uh, because it has nothing to do with anything else that we'll ever talk about. So. Oh yeah, they never did. What was that? <laughs> I don't know, just this random thing they threw in there, which I, I think a lot of the beginning of the movie feels a little random, and things like they never really tie out. Uh, but yeah, there's a mysterious pizza guy that shows up. And it's never really explained. Was uh, it? It was mushrooms, though, right? Not eggplant. Yeah, in, in that in that case, the dad didn't like mushrooms. Yeah. Is <laughs> eggplant even a thing one can get on a pizza? I don't think so. That's the only vegetable I'm kind of like really opposed to. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Though, you know, man, the only vegetable I'm opposed to is artichokes. Oh no kidding! And I recently ate one, like a straight up artichoke, and it was delicious. Wow. I thought the only way uh, you could eat an artichoke is like a dip, which is like 2% artichoke and 98% like cheese and cream. Right. So I I think you can only eat the hearts, which are like the bottom of the leaves. Oh, okay. So it was just this big roasted artichoke and it had some dippish seasoning and sauce on it. So it was really just like a super savory. It was definitely something where you felt like most of the flavors weren't the artichoke, but... But yeah. I dug it. I just, I hate artichoke on pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I would hate it, too. I don't know if I've ever had it, but you're right. Artichoke doesn't go with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's cool, though. I'll have to try an artichoke heart sometime. That sounds really good. Yeah, I think it, on a menu it would just be like a roasted artichoke. All right, I'm going to keep an eye out for that. If you ever see that, yeah, keep an eye yeah. out. All right, and it's always the hearts? I think it's always the hearts. Okay. Boy, I never thought we'd talk so much about artichokes. That's about a solid 60 seconds at least. <laughs> I know. But it's very relevant to the rest of this movie. <laughs> Probably as relevant as the pizza guy that shows up. Yeah. Uh, so, or the uh, uh, phone in the aquarium. Or the Oh, yeah, the phone in the aquarium, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so many random things. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, th- this movie kicks off uh, introducing us to the main character, Ashley. She's about to head to college. But she's doing one last babysitting job uh, with this family that she's obviously had a relationship with for a long time. She's babysitting their son, Luke, who's this 12-year-old kid. And we get some scenes of Luke talking to his friend, Garrett, uh, about this crush he has on his babysitter and how he wants to confess these feelings to her before she leaves. So pretty pretty normal stuff. Uh, typical, you know, young uh, male kid, 12-year-old, uh, who just has this crush on this older 17-year-old, 18-year-old uh girl that babysits him right uh so she shows up babysitting starts 
uh, right away, like, Luke is really aggressive. He's chugging champagne to, like, kind of show her how, like, cool he is. And he's talking shit about her boyfriend, and he's trying to kiss her. Uh, this got kind of hard to watch it. Did you feel, like, really awkward watching this? Very awkward. I hated watching this kid. Yeah, yeah. Me too. It was, it was like, embarrassing. Like, you're embarrassed for him, and, like, he's trying so hard. I was, I was embarrassed for the character, and I was embarrassed for the actor. Yeah, but... You know, to be fair, like, I mean, it is really awkward, but are they trying to capture what it is, what it's like to be a 12-year-old hitting on, like, an older girl? Like, I mean, it is awkward and, like, really hard to watch. And is that, like, purposefully maybe what they were going for here? Like, just making it, like, him trying to, like, look really cool? Um, But it's obviously, like, not that cool. I think so. There were a few, basically throughout this whole movie, I was like, are they trying to capture the comedy of this? Like, his cracking voice and everything or are they I don't know it was so subtle I didn't pick up on it I kind of wish they would have leaned on it a little bit harder yeah yeah I agree I agree things are a little more subtle in this one and uh and yeah uh I'm interested to hear uh if, if any yep. of the if any emerged but yeah uh so this awkward babysitting gig is going on uh but you know to be fair I don't feel like she's shutting him down I mean she's like she's saying no and then uh, she's like, oh, you know, if I was your age, I would date you. Uh, so it is kind of this weird interaction going on between them. There was definitely a point where she's like, no, I'm calling your parents and I'm leaving. Like, she should have oh. been, said that if it was real life. Yeah. <laughs> she was just like, oh, you. Yeah, yeah. Like, so she was kind of tolerating it. Maybe that ties to, like, their long-term uh, history, I guess, that that's implied. And we should um, frame this discussion with this is kind of like a black comedy. Okay. Just like comedy yeah, was on the uh, IMDb genre tags, so yeah, I felt it was pretty light on the comedy, but there are times where it's clear that it's supposed to be a dark comedy. Yeah, yeah, but some parts more than others, uh, for sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. some Otherwise parts comes, are not funny at all. Yeah, and it just kind of feels like this awkward undertone for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they, they're doing this awkward uh, babysitting. Um, it's, it's you know there's some friction between them. Then these strange things start happening. As we mentioned, a pizza guy shows up, even though no one ordered the pizza. Uh, there are these spiders crawling around that scare her. Um, the phone rings and no one's on the other end. I, I feel like these were just like some light jump scares they were throwing in uh, to get people kind of going. Maybe the um, spiders especially was a definite artichoke moment. I had no idea why that was there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're just like kind of throwing some uh, scares in to, to be, remind people you're watching a scary film or something. I don't know. Or maybe it was a nod to, uh, the spider scene in Home Alone. You know, I saw that somewhere. That That's one of the comparisons that, uh, to that tarantula. Um, so then Garrett shows up and they think he was the one that's been pulling all these pranks, but then a brick comes through the window and it, there's a sign on the brick that says, if you try to leave, you'll die. Uh, they start to panic and Garrett runs out. Uh, but we see him get shot and fall to the ground. Ashley and Luke, they run upstairs. And upstairs is an intruder walking around the rooms with a shotgun. So they're hiding in this closet. There's kind of a tense moment. But then Ashley recognizes the mask that this gunman's wearing. And she confronts him and pulls it off. And it turns out that it was uh, Garrett, the, the one who we thought died outside. And she realizes that this whole thing was this ploy that Luke and Garrett put together to try to scare her and be and for Luke to like look like a hero which to be fair sounds like something a 12 year old might like hack up right like as a plan yeah and I can't remember if you mentioned this but at the beginning of the movie they were talking about how being scared really gets your 
endorphins or some sort of hormone up. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So I think he was going to try to watch a scary movie with her. Like they were setting it up that he was going to try to watch a scary movie with her to get her turned on or something. Right. In reality, it was kind of a foreshadowing of they were setting up this elaborate scenario to scare her. Yeah. It's like Netflix and chill to the next level. Yeah. Some some, uh, home invasion shit. Uh, So she's obviously mad. Uh, She can't believe, you know, they they try to pull this on her. And uh, Luke, you know, seeing her like screaming and stuff, he hits her in the face with a gun and she falls down the stairs and passes out. And I I think this is where the movie kind of takes a turn. I I guess this is like kind of the big twist in a way that he's like the, uh, uh, the, like the, the bad guy in this and uh yep. you know, the, the attacker so kind of turning the whole babysitter thing on its head where like the kids the fucked up one yeah for sure yeah uh so she wakes up she's tied to a ter- chair and uh luke you know starts to talk to her and you see like kind of how messed up and delusional he is um he makes the three of them play hide uh, truth and dare uh a truth or dare and uh he gets uh he gets a chance i, I think he kind of like molests her uh during it which is really weird yeah, he like watch. grabs her boob and yeah, that was the most uncomfortable scene. It was, yeah. It was this. This is pretty hard to watch. Yeah, uh, and it wasn't even. I don't think uh, it was weird. It was very strange. Yeah, I mean, you're watching this twelve year old like grope a seventeen year old, and yeah, it just feels all sorts of wrong. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, I can see what all the fuss is about." Yeah, <laughs> after and he grabs then, your boob, and, and then he pops a boner, <laughs> and his friend makes fun of him, Which and he gets really and, mad. Yeah, both of those, like, on paper sound kind of funny, but watching it, I was just like, ugh, this is gross. Yeah, and, and I think that's, like, where this film was, like, trying to work in, like, this really dark space where it's really disturbing to watch, but, uh, yeah, if you talk about it, it's it's kind of, like, hilarious. Um, I I don't know. Like, it wasn't, like, funny in the moments, but, like, in, yeah, you can kind of see the black comedy when you talk about that, what happened. Yeah, yeah, the tone just did not land for me. Yeah, yeah, I think there was a tonal issue here. Um, so, uh, yeah, then, uh, basically, uh, the Luke calls her boyfriend over and, uh, they gag him and put him in a chair and then, uh, they drag the boyfriend in the chair out by the stairs and they do the whole home alone thing where you throw a can of paint down the stairs to see what will happen. And I think this is like, for me, this is like one of the highlights of the film is like, uh, his face gets hit with the paint can and all you see is like blood go flying and basically the can just like melts on his face which looks pretty messed up uh yeah you you see his feet and all this yellow paint dripping down his legs and then it's like mingled with blood yeah i thought that was kind of a cool that was a pretty haunting scene a haunting visual yeah yeah and uh yeah pretty gross and it was pretty dark it was a well done scene but yeah this was a part where like the black comedy, this is very dark. Yeah. Pretty heavy. Blackness. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. until now, it's like two kids like kind of torturing their babysitter, and it could be passed off as, you know, just harmless fun, minus the molestation, obviously. Um, right. But yeah, this is like where someone like just got brutally murdered. Um, yeah. And you see just how fucked up this kid really is. And he just yep. is overjoyed by the fact that it worked. Yeah, exactly. So Ashley breaks free and she tries to make a run for it, but they throw a brick at her head and they knock her out. So they got her back tied up inside. Then they call her ex-boyfriend, uh, which was Billy, I guess, from Stranger Things. And they lure him to the house 
And uh, before he sees Ashley, they trick him into writing this apology letter to her. And then the Luke somehow gets a noose around his neck and hangs him from a tree with a tractor. Did the logistics of this make sense to you? The tractor would not have been that strong. To lift a, a person up? I really don't think so. Uh, and wouldn't he have like heard a tractor starting and like pulling away? <laughs> yeah, there there were a few things. I can't remember them all now, but there were like three to five reasons I knew it wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah. First off, yeah, it's winter time. You know, tractors don't run that well in the snow, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a strange uh, thing there. Also, he hung this dude right by a rope swing, so I guess you probably don't really have your wits about you when you're hanging by your neck from a rope, but the dude could have just grabbed the rope swing and climbed it up it and oh, yeah, totally. held onto a branch so that there was no tension on his yeah. neck. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, totally. Interesting. Good call. I guess... Yeah, uh, I've been I've been hung by my neck from a prankster kid before, so I know how to handle these things. Good to know. I'm scratching that off my list for ways to kill you. Uh, oh don't. man, this just that just reminded me of that. Do you remember that scene in uh, Mercy Black? Um, which one? The kid rigs the door so that if it opens, it hangs the kid. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Those, those that was the, a pretty messed up part of that movie. For yeah, all that and, movie's flaws. And the mom's like trying to open the door, and it's just like pulling the kid higher. Yeah. 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 Deranged uh, hanging scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, somehow uh, he's, he tricks this guy into dying, even though there's a swing right next to him. Um, so now the two boyfriends are dead. Ashley's still tied up. Garrett is starting to have second thoughts. He's seeing like how fucked up everything's getting and that he's going to be in a lot of trouble. And he's about to free Ashley, but Luke comes in and shoots him and kills his best friend, Garrett. Um, and then uh, we see like Luke kind of have like this traumatic like 12-year-old breakdown where he's like throwing this tantrum about like, oh, why'd you do that? Why'd you make me kill you? And, and all this stuff. So I, I don't know, I kind of felt like throughout the movie, they, they kept Luke as like this 12-year-old and there were parts like where his like immaturity kind of uh, came out more than others, which I, I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, and I don't think they leaned on that for humor enough. Like he was supposed mm-hmm. to be menacing, but his voice was cracking the whole time. Yeah. And we were meant to believe him as menacing the whole time. Like I feel like we should have been, the movie itself should have been making fun of him more. Yeah, I, I kind of think it, it did, because even when he calls the boyfriends over, that one boyfriend's like, oh, you're that, like, a, what do you call him? Uh, you're, oh, uh, I thought he called him, like, a, a word. Um, like, you're that, like, dweeb kid or something that lives... So I, I feel like everyone was super aware that this is, like, some young, like, dumb kid. And, I, I like, I get it, like, he's supposed to be, like, the one driving the scare factor, but uh, I, I'm not sure. I, th- I think you're right. It's like a tonal thing where he's actually not that scary. And I kind of feel like people in the movie recognize that. But I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like it wasn't funny enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think they could have pushed it a little bit more. Um, so then uh, Luke stabs and kills Ashley. Uh, and then he goes about reorganizing the whole house. So it looks like the ex-boyfriend who's dead outside, who, who's hung, is the one that came in, went mad, killed everyone, and then wrote that apology letter and hung himself. Um, in what I think is like one of the funnier moments of the movie, the kid's like scrambling. He's scrambling to get the house like in order, put everything back before his parents get home. Uh, and it's like typical, like you know, as a kid, your parents are coming home, you've like done some bad shit. You're trying to like put it all back together and pretend like you're asleep. And so he, he's <laughs> fill that bottle of liquor with water. 
Exactly, yeah. He's just like scrambling while he's like watching his parents like at their location on his GPS. And he just really makes it into bed when his parents open the door. They freak out. They call the cops. You know, the cops come. Everything's going as planned. But then he hears that, like when the cops yell, ah, oh, there's one survivor. And it turns out Ashley survived and she like uh, covered her stab with a duct tape or something. And as they're putting her into the ambulance, she gives uh, Luke a wheelchair. Oh, no, sorry. She gives Luke uh, the middle finger from uh, <laughs> from, from the wheelchair. What did, what did you think of that? That was quite a brain part. I know. <laughs> I just have this image of her being rolled out, you know. She gives but him yeah. a wheelchair. She was on like a gurney. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. So she's on a gurney. There's no wheelchair in the mix. <laughs> no. But she's getting wheeled into this ambulance and she flicks off Luke, to who's in his bedroom. And yeah, and then maybe there was a chair in his bedroom. We don't know. So you put yeah. the wheels on the gurney together with the chair that may have existed in his bedroom. I, I see how you got there. Bam, wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, that's how <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then it ends with Luke telling his mom that he wants to go see Ashley at the hospital. Um, so that's that. That's it, right? Yeah, but I'd like to talk about another artichoke where I was just like, why the hell is this in this movie? Uh, which part? The pencil on the door. Oh, so, yeah, so th- there's this pencil that the mom tells the babysitter that she's got to put on the door, and that's how they know he's not sleepwalking at night, right? Yeah, because apparently he sleeps wa- sleepwalks. I think what that's implying is that he's, like, been kind of prepping this stuff out, and he's been moving around throughout the night, because at the end, he comes and he, he figures out how to put that pencil on his doorknob, like he's done it, like, a million times before. So, I and I think they hit on this, that, like, he's been, he's not, like, this, like, great kid that everyone thinks he is. He's been, like, sneaking around, doing, like, terrible things. Um, I think that's alluding to, like, him just as, like, his background, like, he's he's been sneaking around and going behind people's backs, and this isn't totally out of nowhere. Okay, but then why does he try to put a different pencil back on the door? Um, oh, it wasn't a different pencil. In Earlier in the movie, he used that pencil to stab the boyfriend, and the, the pencil like broke or something. So he sharpened it, and then he was putting that one back, I think. Right? Oh, I could have sworn it was a different pencil, but okay, maybe. Yeah, if, if it was different, it was because the, the other one he used to stab uh, the boyfriend, and that one broke, probably had blood on it or something. And so he's and maybe just... it wasn't staying up because it was shorter. Oh yeah, yeah, that must have been the issue. Good point. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay, that's probably what happened. Okay. Uh, but maybe, but maybe yeah, that's not an artichoke. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are all these like little things throughout the movie that are just trying to like point towards like character development or backstory that um, you know he is uh, trying to like cover things up for his parents uh, not to see. Um, even like, I mean, you could call the, the interactions with the parents in the beginning kind of worthless, but I, I think they're setting the stage for like, this is a kid that's kind of neglected and uh, embodies like this, uh, male, uh, masculine, like toxicity. Uh, and, and, you know, he's kind of like taking it to this extreme level of like, uh, you know, t- taking his girl his, his babysitter, uh, and putting her in harm's way in a way. I, I, they, I don't know. They definitely tried to plant some seeds of like him having like a mother complex or whatever you want to call it yep um like he does this goes on this rant to the babysitter about how his mom stopped holding him and he hasn't slept well ever since then yeah exactly and he is i feel like he makes ask her to say something that his mom would say or something i can't remember what it was 
Yeah, and, and oh, then and he remember? sleeps with this uh, noise machine that's meant to sound like a beating heart and like the inside of a what a baby would hear in the womb. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and you kind of see his mother coddle him when, when she comes back and finds him. So, yeah, in a subtle way, they, they really tried to like paint him uh, and give him that background. It's like someone who's detached from his parents. Parents don't have the healthiest relationship. He's like gone in this dark space that he's like just trying to find a way to connect with his mom maybe or uh like yeah that comes up while he's killing ashley so it's kind of weird they threw that message in there yeah it was a little bit uh a little bit clunky i don't know if it worked yeah i I feel like a lot of of the movie uh yeah whether it was like tonal or pacing uh so it it did feel clunky overall um even though like it was a pretty direct story but um yeah something in the execution did feel a little clunky yeah, there there are a lot of people that like this movie quite a bit. I feel like it has eighty some percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, eighty nine percent. It's pretty impressive. Uh, what what else like did you like or, or not like? Um, I did not like almost anything about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you really hated it. I hated it. This was the most obnoxious performance I've ever seen. Yeah, it yeah. was like this dude. Uh, this kid watched like a compilation of deranged villains throughout cinema history mm-hmm. and tried to copy all of them. Yeah. It was like he thought he was the Joker or something. It was just painful. He would like, he had this thing where he would always like rub the gun up against his face or near his mouth. Yeah. Which I'm sure there's, there are movies where a villain does that in like a scene and it's meant to be creepy. This kid was doing it like the whole movie. It was just like, oh. Yeah. So much of his performance was cringeworthy to me. But what did you think? You know, I agree with you, uh, but I have a different take on it. I mean, uh, and when you look at the reviews, people, I think, kind of praise his performance. And I think. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And I think he's intentionally supposed to be like cringeworthy because if you think about it, he's a 12 year old who's trying to like come across as menacing. No one's taking him seriously. He's going off of probably, you know, you're right, like movies he's seen or something or what he's seen in pop culture and, and trying to like reflect like what he thinks like a killer or someone in his position would do. But at the end of the day, he's like this pathetic 12 uh, year old, like throwing tantrums and like just trying to get what he wants. And so I feel like the actor in, in his performance was trying to channel both of uh, that were like, yeah, over the top, uh, kind of cringeworthy, but also somewhat realistic on what a 12-year-old might be like in the situation. Yeah, maybe I didn't appreciate the subtlety there. I thought they could have pushed that a little bit harder or turned it into comedy a bit more. Maybe this movie was just really subtle in its comedy and I didn't pick up on it. I, I kind of wanted it to be a bit more heavy-handed. I agree, man. Like uh, that, I think that was one of my biggest things too. Is I feel like it stayed very middle of the road. It could have, you know, gone like into slasher territory. Could have been a little more like gory. Uh, it could have been darker. He could have been like a little more messed up. But yeah, I don't feel like it went heavy enough in either direction to like give the movie any real character, and and that felt like a missing piece. And as a contrast, I know this dude. He might have been like seventeen or eighteen when they made this movie. But the kid from. Um the Killing of a Sacred Deer. Mm-hmm. Like oh. That was an example of a truly haunting performance of a young, fairly innocent boy with mostly innocent thoughts who was just deranged. Yeah, no, that's a good comparison. And like that performance was really amazing to me. And then to see this one, it was just like, oh. Yeah, yeah. 
That that's a really good comparison. It's interesting though, because that kid, like you would meet him once and be like, "There's something wrong with this kid." I think with this movie, they're trying to show that like he appears on all senses like a normal kid, and then he's like all of a sudden out of nowhere, he's like bringing this like evil side or trying to be evil, and he's like doing a very bad job at it. Uh, angle, but uh, yeah, yeah that, that's that's really two interesting uh, two interesting characters co- to compare to one another. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. What what about you? What did, what did what were some things you liked? Um, I mean, I, I feel like the dark comedy. I, I appreciated it, uh, but I agree. Like it was a little subtle, and I would have liked it to be amped up a little bit more. Um, I, I thought the pacing was a little bit off in the beginning. Like with all the jump scares, they could have been using that time to build more of the relationship or the characters. But instead, for some reason, they were trying to like get you on small things. Um, but uh, you know, there were. I, I appreciate like their attempts to. Um, uh, like show like on the sidelines I feel like in the peripheral of this movie a lot of interesting interesting things were going down like the parents relationship uh, what like this kind of kid would do and how like people would react to him uh, I thought that was interesting one thing I really hated though was that the main character like Ashley she's tied up for like 90% of this movie and, and it doesn't make any sense in like she's a, underdeveloped like yeah. they made some attempts to develop her character but at the end of the day I didn't care what happened to her which yeah yeah, yeah, you're you're exactly right. Too much of the time was spent developing this peripheral stuff between right. with the kid and with the, his friend. Yep. And and that's fair. I guess I get what they were what they were doing. They were trying to take a look into the mind of a madman or a mad boy, but mad boy. It, it what it translated to was that by the end of it, you didn't really care what happened. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because you certainly weren't rooting for this kid. Yeah, you weren't rooting for this kid, and then you're not like really embedded with any of the the, the victims, really, because yeah, it was, it was um, also surprisingly sad and depressing about his friend. Like, he was hesitant at every step of the way, but he never did anything, and then yeah. he just got shot. Yeah, <laughs> that was really sad and depressing. It wasn't like fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the molestation scene. It, some of this movie just felt kind of mean spirited to me. Like, I know it's yeah. supposed to be a dark comedy and black comedy or whatever. I don't know yeah. the difference, but. It was uh, it was a little too dark to truly be comedic as well, and not necessarily funny enough. Yeah. For me. Yep. Yeah. Too dark, too awkward, and disturbing, and I think that's a tonal issue. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Hopefully, I don't sound as whiny as this kid. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so borderline. <laughs> How many? Uh, so how many? How many paint cans in the face would you give this one? I only give it one. Ooh, nice. Is this you getting it back? It was a at well me? produced, well made movie. So I, yeah. Otherwise, I I wouldn't give it like a zero or a half. But I really just strongly disliked it. Okay. Yeah. No, that, that's that's fair. Yeah. I, th- I think I'd, I'd only give it two. I mean, it's it's watchable, and the twist is kind of interesting. But yeah. Other, otherwise, it's as you said, kind of clunky. Yeah, cool. Anything else on it? That's all I got. Awesome. All right, well, that's it for our discussion on Better Watch Out. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That's going to help other people find our show, and we always appreciate it. If you want to join the discussion, find our social links on horrormovieclub.com, or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We will be announcing next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode. We also have a Discord server where you can chat with other listeners about uh, horror films. Uh, You can find that link on our website. 
Uh, we also have a Patreon page in case you want to throw some change our way. Uh, you can find that at patreon.com slash horrormovieclub. Our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if you've got an unrequited crush on your babysitter, maybe just go to the boyfriend's house and poison him there instead of having this huge massacre at your house. Good tip. Thank you.